Cruise FM presents The Locker Room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. Brought to you by Always Plumbing and Heating. Thinking about a new furnace? Get a free quote at alwaysplumbing.ca. You gotta come on. Hello! Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Here we go. Morning, boys. Good morning. Morning. We um, taped an interview with John Angus from the Trues yesterday, and uh, we re-ran it this morning. It'll be on the podcast, and um, I think Jimmy just posted it up on all our social media as well. Yes. All right, so if you're a big Trues fan. I didn't know that he worked with uh, Rich Robinson from the Black Crows on this last record. He was on a couple of tunes from this last one, The Wanderer, that they released in the fall. He um, he actually uh, produced a couple of tunes. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. There you go. Always good to touch base with uh, with the Trues. They've been around forever. Mm-hmm. Just sort of want like at the back of my mind, years like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because they were uh, they they started to get a little bit of radio success in the early two thousands. So yeah, I remember them popping in uh, occasionally in Winnipeg when I was working at Power ninety seven. So I kind of know them. They've been around long enough that the lead singer can't stand me. <laughs> uh, there's a few lead singers that can't stand you. Yeah, people that have been around a while. Yeah, it's just par for the course. George Thorogood. Yeah. George, you know what? I didn't even get a chance for George. George is just angry. <laughs> anyway. All right. So if you want, if you're a big Truce fan, go check out our... Uh, we also post all of these up on our Locker Room YouTube page as well. Good morning from the Locker Room. The Locker Room Topic of the Day. 780-989-0957 if you're ever trying to reach the show. What religion slash cult could you see yourself joining? Okay. Yeah. Let's go through that. The reason why. So there was a list of celebrities um, that are either in Scientology or who have left Scientology. I was. Or who even dabbled in it a little bit. I was shocked by this. There's a couple on there that I was like, what? Yeah, me too. Um, so the first one on the list was Jerry Seinfeld. So apparently he had a toe in this, eh? He, he did a course, he said. Um, so he did a course in Scientology in like 1975. He said he never got into it, but it was he found it interesting. Um, so he's that the, where they go and they sit you down in front of some weird machine with the dials and you know I think get electrodes on your nipples. I, yeah, I don't know if that's that would be what he did or and not. And they ask you if you're gay. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> I don't know what he did. He said he got some communication skills out of it though. Okay, um, Michael Pena. He's still in it. He's still in it pretty hard. And he is from... He's um, Ant-Man. Oh, he's Ant-Man, but he was also in uh, that... He was in Ant-Man. He wasn't Ant-Man. <laughs> he was Chips. in that... Sh- Chip. That's <laughs> your favorite movie. Fantasy <laughs> Island. He was yeah. also, I think, in Narcos. Yeah, yeah, Narcos. Um, then there was Laura Prepon. Donna from that '70s show. Yeah, she's, she's left it now, but was in it like up until like a year ago. I think she had Two like family ago. members or something that dragged her into it. Uh, if I'm if I remember correctly about her. Well, this one was the one that surprised me the most. Elizabeth Moss. I had no idea. So apparently, she was raised in Scientology. Like okay. her parents were Scientologists. So um, she's still a member. She's still a member. So that's yeah, that's Handmaid's, the, Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Um, what's her name from? She's Mad a Men. Really good actress. She's She's a, like one of the 
most famous right now. Right? Yeah. One of the she works the most. Yeah. Um Katie Holmes, obviously Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes. She's left it now. Yeah, she's out. Yeah. Um she had a couple of kids with Tom Cruise, didn't she? Yeah. They got a couple of kids. Okay, yeah. There's it, I think there's been some issue with the kids because obviously uh, you he you, wants you can't, them to be raised as Scientologists. You can't leave and all that, right? Yeah. Uh Juliet Lewis is still in it. Really, eh? Yeah. Okay. She's still a Scientologist to this day. Oh, wow. Um, Nicole Kidman left. She's out again. That, yeah. that was the Tom Cruise thing again, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, that had to do with Tom. Yeah. Um, Kirstie Alley's still a Scientologist. Is she really, Yeah, eh? I knew that one because of her and Leah Remini are always fighting. Back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Because Leah left it and then did that show about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason Lee, I knew this one. You know, my name is Earl. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, uh, I did not he, know. He left it now, but... Um, He's, I think he's the one that got the hide from that 70s show involved in it or something. There was some connection there. Okay. Um, Giovanni Ribisi. He's a good actor, too. He was, um, what was that show he did on Prime? Remember the one where he's like a con man? But he was in Saving Private Ryan. Sneaky was, Pete. Sneaky Pete. Yeah. That's actually a really good show. Uh, he's in Avatar. Kind of, you recognize his face once you see him. Yeah, he's an interesting looking guy, and uh, and he's uh, he's kind of got a weird speaking voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's all lips. Yeah. Uh, he's an interesting duck. He's a very good actor as well. Yeah. Um, Christopher Reeves was a Scientologist. I didn't know that. Did yeah. you know that uh, no, Superman I was? I had no idea. Um, so he said, but it wasn't a big thing back then. It's wasn't kind of as been around popular. under the radar. Yeah, um, it's been around a long time. I don't think it was publicized as much. Yeah, we didn't talk about it as much until what? Till probably five, ten, fifteen years when ago. all these Once celebrities Cruise, started. I think Tom Cruise kickstarted that. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. Um, I I was listening to a guy on a podcast and he was talking about about it because he was a Holly grew up in Hollywood so they they knew about it because it was a big Hollywood yeah. thing right and he and he said that he made comments on a radio show Adam Carolla yeah um he made comments negative comments about Scientology on a on a on a on a show he was on and um he said literally like he said men in dark suits showed up and dropped off threatening letters like <laughs> like he was actually Threatened by yeah. the by the church because of it, right? Which is crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, and now that, that all that's gone away, they, they don't have the same kind of power that they used to. But uh, I, yeah, I was telling you, I was driving down Jasper Ave, and I was surprised to see a huge sign on Jasper Ave, sign Church is Scientology, that new? or has that been around so, a while? They've been around a while, but I think they just like moved into that location and put up the big sign. Okay. It's right next to Pub 1905, <laughs> like same building. And yeah, I'm looking, and you can find it online. Yeah. Like this is the closest you thing. You just wouldn't think, like you think of it as the celebrity cult. Well, and you're like, oh, there's people in Edmonton in it. It's funny you mentioned that. Like it's people, like I think of it as a cult. Do you yeah. think of it as a cult? It's a cult. I think so. Okay. Like it, like a a church that you're not allowed to leave, and if you do leave, you can't talk to your family. That's a cult. Yeah. I, that's just my personal opinion. When you're forced to stay, 
I I sort of put them all on the same playing field. Sorry, I, 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 I know. Yeah. Anyway, there's a couple more on this list. Um, yeah, there was um, Jenna Elfman. I think is where we're at. Jenna Elfman was She's in there. Still in, eh? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then John Mim- Travolta, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Mimi Rogers. She um, joined with. Uh, she joined with Tom Cruise when they were married. Hold He's on. just like drawing Is, everyone in. Was there. Mimi in that too? Yeah. The, was Mimi they with joined Tom together. Cruise? Oh yeah, they they were married for a cup of coffee. Well, that's interesting because every woman that he's been with has left the church. <laughs> that Ethan Sup- Supley, Supley, he Kay. was also in My Name is Earl. Yeah. Um, he was the big dude, and he lost all that weight. Yeah. He, Have you I, seen pictures of him lately? Uh, yeah, he's jacked. <laughs> um, you might remember from Remember the Titans. He was the big dude. Yeah. Um, so he obviously, My Name is Earl. The guy, that guy was in it as well. He's married to Juliet Lewis's sister. So. Okay, uh, all right. Beck was in it at I one point. No he left it. I did you have that. any no. idea that Beck was in it? No, I did none. not. Absolutely none. Um, and then John Travolta, you already mentioned. Yeah, I think that's it, eh? Yeah, no. I, the voice of Bart is in it too. Okay. <laughs> um, Nancy Cartwright. She does a bunch of the Simpsons voices. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So cr- she's still in it. Yeah. It's a crazy list. A crazy list. I, uh, Danny Matheson, who Masterson is still in it. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's. Uh, he's in the middle of a bunch of legal issues. Um, and then uh, Leah is out. We mentioned yeah. her, I think. And then Tom Cruise was the last on the list. With he, John Travolta, they always. There's always rumors that he wants to leave, but he can't because they got too much dirt on him. Well, yeah, there's been lots of speculation yeah. about um, about uh, about his sexuality, right? Yeah, and he doesn't want that coming out, I guess, or whatever. Live your life, come yeah. on, buddy. At this point, you'd think you'd be able to just break free. But. Yeah. So we'll do this this conversation here um, about religion. Um, what what religion or cult would you want to join? The locker room topic of the day. All right, mine is what religion or cult would you want to join? Is Buddhism. Mm, that's what Christy texted in as well. Okay, she said she could. She said uh, the I only one that wouldn't make this. make her a, a dick would be Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> but would your CE five group be okay with you uh, switching? <laughs> um, there's some similarities, I think, between what uh, what the CE five group does and and Buddhism. I think there's a little bit of mm-hmm. the meditation and 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 that but- kind of stuff. Okay. The Met, the CE five group is not a religion. You're praying to aliens. No. No, you're meditating to them. You're meditating with the hopes that you can, you can get on the same bandwidth. Yeah. And coax them to land, and come out of their ships and shake hands. <laughs> the locker room topic of the day. Morning, Cruz. Hey, brothers from different mothers. How you doing? Bobby Dean Bill. Yeah, Bobby Dale's here. Yes, in the house and still in the house. And what? I'm lucky to be in the house. I'm <laughs> not in the doghouse. What um <laughs> what religion or cult would you want to uh, join? Okay, before you go on with that, I need to mention Will Smith, the guy that slapped out Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. oh really? He's, he's, he's kind of involved in Scientology. I don't know about that. There's always rumors about that. Yeah, he's doing an excellent job as always. Okay. And I'm well, having a beer. My dad passed away at 55. I'm 51, and today he would have been 79 years old. Today. You're having Roger. a couple of beers for him. Yes, I'm going to have a few beers. <laughs> Anyways, what religion or cult? 
or uh, whatever Jenna Jameson is in. And that's the neighbor that I'd love to move next to. Jenna Jameson. What is, what is Jenna? That's a celebrity. She's the porn you star? You had this yesterday. Yeah, she's I know. A, yeah. Jenna Jameson. Okay. That's who I'd love to live next door to. All right. I think she's Jewish, too. For, so. for, for obvious reasons. Okay. Well, I don't care if she's Jewish. She could have... <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> what does Elvira think about that, Billy Bob Dean? Uh, she's, she's not here. She's gone. <laughs> well, she's, she'll, she'll be back in a She's coming back. Wow. The locker room topic of the day. What religion or cult could you wrap your head around joining? Um, Neil says he would like to join the uh, the flying spaghetti monster. Um, okay, I haven't heard of that one. It's um, so it started back in 2005 um, by this guy in the states who was mad because schools in Kentucky um, started teaching um, intelligent design creationism. Okay. So he was saying they shouldn't be allowed to teach that in schools. So he started up his own religion and wanted them to start teaching that. So he calls himself a pastafarian. <laughs> oh, I've heard about this yes. guy. Okay. And it really took off. Like people started like calling themselves um, pastafarianism and, and the flying spaghetti monster. And it was kind of a tongue in cheek thing against religion, but it's kind of turned into its own religion. <laughs> <laughs> its own cult? Yeah. Funny how that works, eh? The locker room topic of the day. We're doing what is the religion or cult that you could see yourself joining? We didn't do you, Grant. I was uh, just researching like fun sounding cults. Yeah. Um, to see what's <laughs> out there. And, and I, I'm feeling really drawn to this one the cosmic people of light powers. Um, nobody's banging anybody in this one. Like, nobody, there's no leader with. Are you oh, sure? Yeah. Apparently, they've stayed away from that. Um, they believe. <sighs> In an alien named Ashtar Shirin, um, Ashtar has a fleet of 10 million spaceships that orbit the Earth. Okay. And uh, as at some point, we're going to leave Earth in one of his spaceships, and we're going to head to a picnic on Venus. Oh, okay. I'm in. There's a picnic. <laughs> Bruise FM. So we're chatting about Gretzky because of his bracket challenge. Yeah, so he's working for NHL on TNT now. Yeah. He did his playoff picks, filled out his bracket, and uh, went eight for eight in the first round. Wow. And he managed to get the number of games correct in three of the series. Three, yeah. Not many people are going to pick the game sevens like they did, right? Like, Yeah, he correctly got St. Louis in six. Um, He had... Um, Florida in six, and Tampa in seven, I believe. Okay. So, so, um, and then he wasn't that far off on the other ones. Like he had Edmonton in six, Calgary in six. Obviously, those went seven. So, yeah, I had Colorado, which I got. I took Mini over St. Louis, um, which was wrong. Gretzky's got St. Louis winning the cup. Or going to the cup and losing to Carolina. So. Okay, so he has St. Louis getting past Colorado. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I had Calgary right over Dallas. I had Edmonton right over the Kings. I had Florida over Washington in six, so I got that one. Um, I had Tampa Bay over uh, the Leafs. I picked Boston over Carolina, though, and I picked, uh, I was bad on the East, I took the uh, Penguins over the Rangers. So round two starting today, um, he's got St. Louis getting past Colorado. 
Yeah. Um, Florida getting past Tampa in that classic battle of Florida matchup. Mm-hmm. And Carolina getting past New York. And he took the flames. He took the flames over Edmonton. A lot of people are. I feel Grant. betrayed, though. I know, but you're Gretzky. <laughs> you're Gretzky. You can't choose the flames ever. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Come Gretz? on. What are you, you're going with your heart? Yeah. Right? <laughs> what are you doing? The Locker Room presents The Grant Report for JT's Bar and Grill, where good people come to enjoy the best food and drinks with other good people. Now, Grant Johnson. Sometimes setting a new record is a good thing. Most goals scored in a season. The first team to lose a winner-takes-all game five straight years. Those are fun records to set. But sometimes records are not great, like how for the first time ever, a new record, Canada's average gas price is over $2 a liter. We're doing okay here. Because uh, Randy Kenny got rid of that tax, so it's under $2 right now, but it's still not good. And now I understand why our former mayor, Don Winison, was uh, so hell-bent on filling the city with bike lanes. He knew the day was coming when we wouldn't be able to afford gas. He was a visionary. If you look back at everything that happened while he was our mayor, I bet it will all become useful at some point. I mean... By paying millions of dollars to have the waiting pool in front of City Hall made half an inch shallower, they've already saved countless little people from drowning. (laughs) I can't wait to see how we use the big silver pile of balls to defeat the aliens when they invade. Just you wait and see. Uh, With gas as expensive as it is, summer holidays are likely going to look a little bit different. Sorry, kids, we can't afford to drive to Disneyland this year. Instead, we're going to the Mundare Sausage. Enjoy. The Grant Report is brought to you by BOGO Tuesday at Edmonton Glory Hall Tours. It's Tuesday. May Long is nearly here. This year, plan a staycation at Edmonton Glory Hall with three newly purchased cots for your sleeping needs. You don't even need to go home. BOGO Tuesday at Edmonton or TaborGloryHallTours.com. 95.7 Cruise FM. We're keeping an eye on this congressional house subcommittee I, I i don't know what the hell to call it subcommittee uh, dealing with the uf what do they call them now unidentified flying phenomena we can call them ufos yeah i think they're called ufas or something now i'm not exactly it doesn't matter yeah it's the first time that the united states has done something like this since the 70s they used to have regular meetings about UFOs, and nothing ever came of it, but the fact that they were even acknowledging it was a big deal. Those meetings went away. Now, they're sitting down and they're talking to people from different intelligence agencies about, I guess, security revolving around how they gather information. Yeah, what they know and everything else. Yeah, Right now... Um, it's been going on for about 30 minutes or something like that, Jimmy? Something like that. Yeah. It's uh, UAPs, Unidentified yeah. Aerial Phenomenon. This is yeah. the first one in uh, 50 years like yeah. this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they used to do these things occasionally. And again, it never really amounted to anything back in the day. It's just, it's interesting that the conversation is shifting about UFOs and about unexplained phenomenon, right? Yeah. So, anyway, we'll keep an eye on it. it this isn't 
where they bring a handout, like I said. Like, <laughs> no, um, what I'm reading about it is the theme so far has been lifting the stigma of seeing UFOs. Yeah. So they're trying to like, there has okay, been... it's not just the crazy guy yeah. who married his cousin that sees UFOs now. Well, what they've done in the past, too, anybody that actually had the courage to step up and go, I saw something, I can't explain it. They just dismantled their lives, yeah, right, and made them seem crazy and uh, did everything that they could to sort of suppress them from continued to speak. They're not doing that as much anymore, right? Yeah. They're not. Like, they've got guys that flew, you know, in the military, and they're not trying to destroy their lives by, you know, by downgrading their, you know. Also, my uh, favorite part is the... Uh Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security is speaking. Oh, they're showing video. Yeah, there's some video. And he he admitted that he goes to UFO conventions, but he's, he denies dressing up for them. <laughs> Listen, I go, but I, it's, it's not a cosplay. I don't put thing. a costume on. I do that on the, you know, in Vegas at night. <laughs> it's not like they have a, a midget dressed up as a, a planet. <laughs> like we did for the flat I Earth. I didn't think they would have a, f- a video or do any presentations, but yeah. th- this is interesting. This is an interesting development. I thought it would just be a bunch of old dudes talking. Yeah, they got a little bit of video here. Yeah. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. So they can uh, Grant Johnson. This makes sense to me. Does it? Uh, humans may have evolved to show signs of stress to evoke support from others. So they said showing signs of stress could make us more likable and prompt others to act more positively f- towards us. It was a new study um, from a university. A couple universities. This is this one. So it's evolution. Evolution. <laughs> uh, to show signs of stress. You know, the certain looks yeah. we have on our faces. Yeah. The, the, the whatever, heavy breathing. So people are doing it to um, get attention. Without realizing you're doing it to get kind of sympathy and, and other people act a little nicer towards you when you do that. So, so it says these behaviors lead lead to positive social interactions from uh, who, really? people who want help. Yeah, yeah, not from me. <laughs> no, usually if people sh- uh, show stress towards you, you give them more to do. You lean into it. You- if producing these behaviors leads to positive social interactions from others who want to help, rather than negative social interactions from those who want to compete with you, then these behaviors are likely to be selected in the evolutionary process. Yeah, so it's saying it worked. That's why we kept evolving to do it more. We are highly cooperative species compared to many other animals, and this could be why behaviors which uh, communicate weakness have been able to evolve. It's kind of pathetic if you actually think about it. Well, it's like puppy dog eyes. Yeah. I mean, dogs do it, right? Mm-hmm. The old puppy dog eyes and when they're in the new... Oh, yeah, little buddy. It is kind of Come an here, explanation for where we're at right now. Yeah. Because you do, you do tend to see a lot of this or a lot more of this, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot less, suck it up, yeah. rub some <laughs> dirt on it. There's a lot less of that in life. Yeah. We're more inclined now to, as a society as a whole, we'll take Lachlan out of the picture. <laughs> we're more inclined to step in and go, oh, you okay, little buddy? Yeah, but if your wife is stressed at work, what is what's your reaction? 
if she's around the house like frustrated and I try to well she's she handles stress better she than does, I do. yeah <laughs> better than I do <laughs> I was uh relaying a story to her yesterday yeah um and uh she commented that that my work sometimes stresses her out, <laughs> but I don't know if it's my work as much as how I'm telling the it's story. It's probably the way that you relay <laughs> things. <laughs> Time now for Jimmy's birthday corner on the locker room. This should be good. So it's our friend Wade Polloway's 59th birthday. <laughs> Not 84 like Locke told me. Um <laughs> He's also the unofficial photographer of the uh, locker room lawn darts tournament. He said, by the way, Wade. Photographed that in years. Sunday, August 7th. Write that down. That's the date we're working with right now. And also, the way, I got us a beer fridge to give away from, nice. from Stacy from Art, too, by the way. Also, he is the guy that for, uh, for one of our... Uh, fundraisers or something he ordered a, da- a strip dance for his mother and sent oh, us yeah. a video of her watching it he almost killed his mother the best part is she was like 90 years old and she was smoking while she was watching the <laughs> strip <laughs> oxygen take yeah. sitting next to her having a puff watching a video of a little person tear his clothes off and going yeah. oh my oh my yeah i remember that oh my oh, oh my oh my the locker room Four out of five doctors say they don't listen. 95.7 Cruise FM. Happy birthday, Wade. It's the locker room's bidet a day in May. Courtesy of Always Plumbing and Heating. Good morning, Cruise. What's your name? It's Glenn. Would you like to play bidet a day in May, Glenn? Sure. Okay. You're not so sure yeah. yourself, though. Is everything okay? I'm not sure. I'm not so sure how to play. Oh, it's easy. Okay, so what we did the last month or so, we took our phones and recorded toilet noises. Okay, all right, and then we saved them and we're playing them back for you. And there's a multiple choice at the end of the sound effect. Okay, so this okay. is an actual toilet noise recorded by one of the three of us. And then Grant will give you your options, and then you just need to pick the right one in order to win the bidet. Sounds good. Glenn, you ready? I am. That's aggressive. The squeaky one. (laughs) Glenn, your three choices. Option A, George's house, number two. Option B, Army Chris's house, number two. Or option C, Lachlan's downstairs toilet, number two. I'd say uh, Lockwood's downstairs toilet number two. What do you mean, Glenn? You know how to play this game? (laughs) Woo! There you go. You're walking away with a bidet. You're going to be the most popular guy on your block. You bet. So I finally got through the second half of the final season of Ozark, season number four. Finished Mm -hmm. that uh, last night or the night before. And, um... The ending. So, yeah. don't spoil it. No, I won't. What did you think of the ending, Grant? Um, I didn't really like it very much. I thought it was kind of just left it. I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy the ending. I didn't even realize it was the ending. I didn't realize I was on the last episode. And then uh, it's like it ended, and I was like, oh, th- that was it? There's no more? Yeah. Yeah. For me... 
I don't have that arrogance that some people have when they're when they're watching a show or they're sort of committed to a show. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy has a Star Wars arrogance where it's like, you need to hire me. I'll tell you guys how to write these right, stories. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like he I does write his own episodes. I don't. I don't have that. And that episode I wrote was amazing. So. I was one of the few people that wasn't upset about the the Sopranos. Like I didn't lose sleep over the Sopranos right. ending, and and I'm not comparing how Ozark ended with the Sopranos. But I will say this: just imagine the pressure of ending a show that gets into the zeitgeist like that show did. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I think that's what happens with these shows is you can sit down and overthink it and then add to that everyone is watching it. It's one of the biggest shows on television. Yeah. You're not going to make anybody happy. No, no, you're not going to. And there's also you can't just have some happy ending where everyone no, that show retires. And- yeah, that show doesn't. I think what I got from that ending of Ozark was, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I got the sense that they wanted to, because there was a wormhole thing going on with them, right? Mm -hmm. They got into this thing and it just wouldn't stop. So I think the ending had to portray that continuation of the story. Right. There wasn't going to be a really good clean out for mm-hmm. for that family. I'm not giving away too much, am I? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is, is here's where I think that show goes. I think we don't hear anything for a year. Yeah. And then I think we hear about, and this is just me making a prediction. It, it might be me hoping this happens. I think that they... They dovetail into a, a movie. You think so? And they left the door open for the possibility of a, a cinematic experience for Ozark. Well, the showrunner um, did say he's considered the possibility of some sort of spinoff. So he did an interview. And uh, so there's nothing in the works. But that adds to the reasoning behind the ending as well, doesn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Because that's, that's immediately what I thought. As soon as it ended, I went, oh, okay, they... They're leaving the door open for the possibility of this thing going some another direction. Yeah, kind of a better call Saul sort of thing. Yeah, or right? something. Anyway. Yeah. What a great show, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm hearing a lot about now? Have you have you jumped into the Lincoln Lawyer? No, but I saw a story that it basically like in Netflix's top ten shows. Ozark is out of it, and Lincoln Lawyer took its place. Okay. So that's not Matthew McConaughey. No, 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 no. This is a TV show of that. Is it it based on that, though? It's the same idea, because that was a book. It was the Michael Connelly books, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, same idea. All right. Yeah, I might might jump into that. I saw a preview for it. It looked good. Yeah. All right. I can move on now. Now I'm looking for something new, right? Yeah. Now that Ozark's over. Now you need a new show. When's that... uh, Obi Wan, the, the Mexican Jedi thing coming out, uh, the twenty seventh of this All month. Right. Okay, so that's not too too much. It's away. the same time as your that Stranger Things uh, 
season oh. premiere. Oh, okay. okay. I might, I hate to tell you this, I might watch that before I watch the Yeah, new. you're just, I don't know why we're friends. <laughs> why would that make you hey, angry? Why would that make you angry? <laughs> and now, another episode of Locker Room TV. Holy smokes, we got a special guest. <laughs> John Angus from The Trues. How you doing, my friend? Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. We should start with, um, how's the last couple of years been for you? A little slow. A little slow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's the first time in our band's history when the brakes have been slammed and everything had to stop indefinitely. That's never happened to us. We always thought as musicians we were certainly recession proof. You know, we're kind of like alcohol. People do it when they're sad and they do it when they're happy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but that, you know, we're not pandemic proof, it turns out. Our whole business relies on large groups of people standing shoulder to shoulder. Uh, so we were told to go sit in the corner and wait it out. And that was yeah. very bizarre. I mean, I won't lie. It was like two weeks of, I guess, a bit relaxing, although a bit worrisome, but just like, wow, the schedule is clear. Uh, but that got old pretty quick. And um, then we just started fishing around for ways to stay busy and, you know, getting caught up with our tech like we're doing right now, you know, and, and uh, you know, just all the rest of it. Wrote a lot of songs, made a record, did some weird live stuff you know drive-ins and yeah. social distance, this and that did a lot of live streaming but you know it's it's really nice to be crawling out the other end of that particular briar and, and getting back on the bus and, and heading out and playing show after show after show i mean i can't tell you how much we're looking forward to it yeah and the trues are going to be here may 30th at midway it's a fairly new venue um like they've played done shows there before but it's oh, a new idea that's the one just up here that's where we saw the who the who and yeah. uh, Mar H -U. marcus yeah. king just played there on the weekend okay. Yeah, Locking you had upset. You missed him. Had Marcus King was here. We didn't even know. <laughs> do, do you know that band, John Angus? Do you know uh, uh, Marcus King? Yeah, I do know him. Yeah, I know his music. Yeah, yeah. He was in town. Uh, we're Grant and I are big fans. Yeah. And, and literally, he he said this morning, he goes, he was in, we, we're not paying attention like we used to, right? We're still sort of in that mode. We're crawling out of the other end of it as well, for sure. Did you watch more Netflix than practice? Be honest, John Angus. Uh, probably. I mean, at first, <laughs> you know, I was like everybody else, you know, I saw my Tiger King and, and all the rest of it. But uh, <laughs> I eventually had like a bit of a health thing happen in the summer of 2020. I ended up having to have a surgery on my spine that was in an emergency. And it wasn't until then that I actually started practicing because I was on my ass for a couple of months. I had to like walk with a cane and I couldn't get around too easily. So to be honest, I, I kind of lost my passion for it for like the first bunch of months. It's just without the target, like all our studio dates got blown out, all our shows got blown out. Without that particular target on the horizon, I just found it hard to stay motivated. So I, I watched a bunch of Netflix and all the rest of that stuff. And then yeah. once I got hurt, I, I sort of like picked up the guitar and I started playing like an hour or two a day again. And that sort of helped me get back into the flow and, and write and everything else. You got little ones at home too, right? I got two little ones. Yeah, they were two and uh, six when we came into this, and now they're four and eight. Um, and that was, yeah, that was interesting. You know, no, no school for the most part. Um, the house became the school. And, you know, you guys have kids, right? Or some of you, I mean, you know. Uh, mine are somewhat older. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine are out of the house. But yeah, yeah. Kind so, yeah, kind of. I'm still painful. They show up every once in a while. John Angus, you always 
end up paying for them. Just get used to it. Okay. You're going to be on the road forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to live to, that's not the worst news to be honest. Yeah. I have a question about the state of the music industry and not that we need to get into the weeds on this, but based on what we went through and sort of the ups and downs of the business before we got into it, do you think do you think there's going to be more changes coming? Uh, you, the live end of it or the recorded end of it? They're pretty different businesses. Yeah, um, um, I, I think I'm focusing more on the recording side of it because I, I, I noticed you guys with this record that's that's out now and the, the new single's Enemy, go watch the video and get the record, download it, do whatever the hell you do to, to hear your music, go hear this record. You guys are still doing a traditional sort of approach to releasing music, which I find refreshing. Well, we're still doing album cycles. And I think that's because we're sort of stuck in our ways. And we grew up with bands coming out with an album every year and a half or two years and then going out and touring it. We have been like flirting with um, just dropping things like dropping singles. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, we dropped a single called Godspeed Rebel the same month we went into lockdown because it was just sitting in the can. And we just wanted, we knew our audience was literally captive. So we just like dropped a single and they loved it. And, but it hadn't, it had no, it didn't end up on the record. And then we dropped a cover by the who, not to be confused with that other band. You not just with mentioned. the HU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we just, we dropped a who cover called 1921 because it had the chorus line. I got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year. So we, we covered that song at the end of 2020 and dropped it as a standalone track. Uh, so yeah, we, we're trying to flirt with this new like constant flow of information age that we're sort of in now uh, that I think, you know, certainly like, uh, you know, hip hop artists and pop artists, they don't adhere to any real album cycles anymore. It's just like a constant steady flow of, of mm. output. But every couple of years, I do like putting a record out, like a collection of, of 12 or in this case, 14 songs that just sort of speak to the, you know, moment that we're in and the time we just went through. And then you can collect it and it can be, you know, so it may be a little old fashioned, but our fans still appreciate it. We still like doing it that way. Um, whether, yeah. I mean, you know, that I, I don't think it'll fully ever go away, but it's certainly like drifting away from that. We're, we're going to go back to more like a singles universe, kind of where rock and roll started in the fifties and sixties, where I agree. One, or two, one or two songs comes out every three or four months. Yeah. I like that. Locke mentioned the music video. Um, he mentioned that because he's very jealous of, Everybody in the band's ability to wear cool hats. I know. It just pisses me <laughs> off. You yeah, got one on today, too. Yeah, like everybody in the video has a hat on and they all look cool. And I'm like, I put a hat on. I look like a dick <laughs> every time. Have you explored every option? I mean, certainly you're Canadian. You can't look that bad in the toque. <laughs> no, I don't even look good in the toque. No, he I doesn't. Just, I swear. He is a horrible lid. I don't know what it is. It's like a like it's a natural childbirth melon, right? Like it's just it's a weird thing, and I and I don't carry myself well. Like I'm I'm like kind of awkward. I'm all limbs, right? I don't know what it is. Yeah. You can't be yeah. too self-aware of the hat in order to pull off the hat. I guess is maybe is that what thing. it is. You just got to put it on and be confident. I can you do it. Forget. That's about it. But yeah, I just. I wish I, I could do the hat. Jimmy looks good in any hat. We put anything yeah. on him. Um, and look at all that hair. You don't, you don't need to wear a hat. Look at all his, that hair. No. His current style is Joe Exotic. Yeah. That was what inspired him. We were talking about that earlier, yeah. oddly enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, he, I think it was because of all the years he wore a helmet. 
I didn't wear a helmet as much as you guys think I did. <laughs> um, you guys took a promo pick. I got a press pack from your record company. And uh, there was a really cool picture of you guys. And I don't even know why I'm asking this because no one probably gives two flying shits about it. But there was a really cool picture of you guys in front of a barn or a church yeah, or yeah. some. Where, where was that, John? That's, do you know, have you, have you heard of like the Way Home Festival or the Boots and Hearts Festival? Or there's, there's a, a, fe- a festival site um, north of Toronto in a town called Oromodonte. I can't remember what the grounds are called at the moment, but we played them last summer. Like basically the, it's a festival site that could fit a hundred thousand people. Like the stones have played there. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They've had massive festivals up there. Anyway, they put, they put on again, one of those weird social distance things. We, we played there, but we played there for like 5,000 people in a place that holds a hundred thousand and they oh. all get, like sequestered off into like their own little, uh, quarters you know it's one of those weird you know covid shows but we we got your own <laughs> festival site and that barn was like the sort of dressing room area for uh oh it's called burl's creek that's what it's called burl's creek so that's where we took that photo yeah it's really cool it's really good imagery i i was actually I, really struck by the by the background of that pick yeah it looks like an album cover actually yeah it's yeah. odd too it looks like a who you, you mentioned you did the the Who cover. It looks like a Who album cover. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great shot. Um, Matt Perry took it. Good, good friend of ours. It's, yeah, it's, it's a nice one. And when are you guys in Edmonton again? The 30th of May, I think. I should probably get that right since we're on the radio, right? Um, <laughs> the 30th or 31st. I think it's the 30th. Yeah, yeah I'm just the looking now. The 30th at Midway. Yeah. You guys are touring with Black Rose a bit? John Agus? Yeah, we have a couple shows with the Crows in Ontario in July. Um, Rich Robinson did three songs on Wanderer, our latest record. He did. He, we actually started the the process in Nashville in late 2019. Went down and, and recorded with Rich. I, I was when they put the Crows back together. Rich had very. I mean, he's an old pal, and he had very generously invited me down to sort of jam and see if it's a shoe fit kind of thing. Um, and that was back in September of 2019. So I got to play in the Black Rose for a few hours, which was great. Wow. And then two months later, that sort of planted the seed of let's do something together. And two months later, I, we drove down to Nashville in December. We did three songs, which were Permission and Faith and Fumes and Hidden Gem. And that was the beginning of the record. And then we came back to Canada for this short little tour in the first quarter of uh, 2020. So Rich, Rich is on those first three songs? Yeah, he produced them okay, and he cool. played play some guitar on them. Um, and then we, yeah, of course, we all know what happens next. Like the border closes. We, our label loved it. We were going to go do another six at the end of March and early April. And then we we're hoping to have the album done by May and out by the summer. And everything just went to, went to shit. And then we had to pivot and do new things. But, you know, obviously very close with Rich and, and the guys in the Crows. And we're very honored to get the offer to do some, some of their dates this summer. Very cool. Well, listen, um, don't be a stranger. If you guys are in town, hit us up and come down. And, yeah. Well, I, you know what? We don't get we don't get the live performances from bands on the morning radio. Uh, <laughs> we record if you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last thing any of them want to do. You want to come down at eight o'clock in the morning? No, yeah, no. Yeah. You, can, you can go pound sand. <laughs> yeah. Only if we're still up. Not if we're uh, <laughs> not if we've already gone to bed. All right. Uh, John Angus, the name of the new record is? It's called Wanderer. Okay. And that new single is called Enemy. Make sure you Enemy go Banner. find it. Yeah. Go Are grab you that. Playing, you still playing the harp? Lock? I still play the face piano. Yeah. Yeah. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll drag my raven uh, out and, uh, and I'll make a bunch of noise. I'll squawk in the 
in the basement. I haven't played live in a while. Since you got kicked off stage with the red cannons, I believe. Yeah, I, I did right, get right before COVID. <laughs> I did get asked right. to leave. <laughs> I may have been too drunk to be up there, that, which has happened before. Oh, uh, we've like, all been there. We've yeah, all been there. Yeah, yeah. Weird that the, the harmonica is the drunkest one on stage. <laughs> eh? The guy with not a real <laughs> instrument. <laughs> Good all one. right, John. Thank you for your time, my friend. Yeah, all good. right. Say hi to the boys for us, all right? <laughs> Will do. Cheers, everyone. The City of Edmonton is committed to ensuring the success of the second best summer ever for its residents. That's why this year, we're taking a more eco-friendly approach to our seasonal task of controlling the burgeoning mosquito population. Our unique and innovative approach will empower our citizens to do all the work for us. Studies conducted by consultants that you overpaid for have found that the less we actually do and the more of this burden we shift upon you, the more positive impact it has on the environment. The City of Edmonton is committed to doing the absolute bare minimum to ensure maximum benefits to the environment are achieved. If our incredible lack of efforts laid out in this fantastic plan don't succeed, it will be because of you. We're certain you'll do your civic duty by constantly monitoring and ridding your properties of standing water daily. Your commitment to emptying pools and hot tubs whenever they aren't in active use, ceasing any sort of garden or lawn watering to ensure our city looks like a deserted wasteland, and by removing outdoor water bowls, you can adopt a more holistic approach to dehydrating your pets with intermittent water fasting. Some helpful tips that are definitely not endorsed by our public health officials also include using topical mosquito repellents. Public health is definitely not telling you that solutions containing DEET are the only effective products to mitigate hungry mosquitoes. Placing 100% of the risk of cancer, seizures in children, and birth defects on Edmontonians will ensure the success of this new program. With the amount of precipitation over the last few months, we suggest you get an early start on implementing our comprehensive and progressive program. Remember, success from our lack of hard work relies completely on you, Edmonton. Now get out there and drain those puddles. This has been a message from the City of Edmonton. Not a real message. You've been listening to the Locker Room Podcast. Somewhere a village is missing an idiot. Or three. Brought to you by Always Plumbing and Heating. Catch the show live weekday mornings on 95.7 Cruise FM.